Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better. I'm Kieran O'Connor, joined by Mike Carson and by John Bath. Episode 81, gentlemen. I forgot to say that we are, I want to say octarians, is that the word? Octarians? Octogenarians? Octogenarians. Yeah. I'm almost an octogenarian. <laughs> Octarians sounds like we're a, a baddie in a Spider-Man movie or something like that. Actuarians, what's that now? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know you were both. numbering them. That's that's cool, though. You know, you it's... didn't know I was numbering them. They're at no. the end of every episode on the title. Do you listen to the show, Mike? I don't get to the end. <laughs> I know. See, I, all, I know what's been said. <laughs> it's like watching a movie the second time. It's like oh, who goes back? You know. Who goes back to see the mousetrap? Really? Uh, well, John, do you listen to the show? I will. Yeah, from time to like, I, I go back from to time I just to listen, time. Oh my god! I just listen to what Kieran has to say. I just fast forward to Kieran's parts. I actually like, just listen to my bits. Well, like, yeah, or, that, uh, makes, that makes three of us, I guess. <laughs> I don't um, listen to his bits. <laughs> Um, well, thank you for listening, uh, dear listener, or watching on YouTube. We are on YouTube as well. Um, gents, uh, we said we'd start. Oh, no. Do you know what? Before we had the best bets, because I know you all want to jump on board because I'm, I'm only saying them because mine won. But that is not what I is happening win. here. It did win. Seattle minus three. Was that on me? Oh, I had Seattle. Okay, good. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot. Um, a bit of controversy here to open the show. No controversy. No, I remember um, I was trying to choose between Seattle and Atlanta. And Atlanta was a push. So, um, well, that's good. I yeah. feel better. No, we can myself. all celebrate. Yeah. Um, we are going to do our midseason. So, I, I want to do some plans for the next couple of weeks with the listeners. So, our midseason review, highly debated of when the midseason will be, as Michael tell you. Everybody but, knows the midseason review comes after the halfway point of the season. Everybody absolutely. Knows that. that is just a fact. So, we're going to do it next week. Um, and then the following week is Thanksgiving, so we're going to have a show out um, on uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I'll let you know next week, uh, previewing the Thanksgiving games, and then we will have a show probably later uh, uh, around Friday. So at some point on Friday, Sunday games. Is this is ninety seven? This is episode. No, it's episode eighty one. Oh, this is 81. Why did I get 97 in there? No idea. That's we'll why you there. thought we'll you get there next season. Yeah. Although know. Iron Mike will be live in America for those um, Thanksgiving episodes. I don't think listeners care where you're live from. <laughs> Not really, but, no. It's kind I, of like when your air crew says, you know, on behalf of your Chicago-based air crew, we like to say, I don't care where they're based. <laughs> what difference does it make to me? <laughs> I also don't care where we're flying over. You know, sometimes they come on board and they're like, oh, you look to your left. I'm like, it's just clouds, mate. Yeah. If oh, you clouds. look to your left, those of you in scum class, if you look to your left, you'll see the wing of the plane. <laughs> um, okay, so look, w- w- one of the reasons that I suppose that we delayed slightly the mid-season review is we just want to talk about this this interesting sort of stuff that's going on with the Colts. Um, many of you may have watched the press conference that the Colts had yesterday. Um, one thing I did like from Jim Mercy was we're the fourth winningest team since 2000. That means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That is a quote. <laughs> I have a friend who ran the Boston Marathon in like 19, I don't know, 1990, wearing a T-shirt that said Boston Red Sox 1918 World Champions. <laughs> yeah, that's I liked. I, I'm using that for my next like you know, review of my role here in the company that I, I'm going to say I'm in the I'm in the top quartile of the upper quartile of since, since joining since joining the company. Um, boy, I'll tell you, Mike, nobody does a like 
tantrum like the Colts when they lose to the Patriots. They once demanded <laughs> rule changes that sparked deep. That was that was yeah, that was Bill Polian, you know, when the Patriots were were banging in their receivers, you know, at the right, line yeah. of scrimmage. Yeah. Rule changes, and, deflate gate, worst yeah. fake punt in NFL history. Now they fired their head coach to replace him with an ex-player slash high school football coach slash ESPN. Yeah, I, I, the trick play doesn't quite fit in because it wasn't. They didn't really do anything after the game, but that was the one where they lined up with the with this uh, a snapper and yes. one guy all by the all by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. That was that was a classic, yeah. Do we do we do we do, do we know? Because the Colts play like in you know right. What so we're recording on? I have to think there. We're recording on Wednesday morning, um, and the Colts play. Uh, they're they're at Vegas. Um, on they're at Sunday. Vegas yeah. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Who's calling the plays? Um, the guy who was the assistant quarterbacks coach is calling is calling the plays. Who is I have Jeff, to, is that Jeff Saturday? Is that what we're talking about? Well, Saturday's that, the new head coach. No, Saturday's but, oh, he's, he's, not, he's not actually doing. But like, he's, like, he's, he's already, calling the plays. He's already said this guy's going to be calling the plays. Who uh, I have to admit, I had not crossed my radar. Um, okay, well, like so, while we're doing but, this, right? So this is one of the nine oh five games on Sunday, right? So the Colts are two to one to win. The Raiders are two to five. The six points is the spread. Forty-two point five is the over/under. And I tell you what, while, while we're doing it, let me throw in one more thing about this game, just very quickly. What 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 we do? The Raiders were seventeen nil up against the Jags yep. um, with six minutes and twelve seconds to go in the second uh, quarter. They lost that game. They were seventeen nil up in the second quarter against Kansas City Chiefs. They lost that game, and they were twenty nil up with seven minutes and thirty-three seconds to go against the Cardinals, and they lost that game so they're not exactly seeing things out gents no and and josh mcdaniels probably has a lot to answer for there um you know uh, the the kind of gossipy thing is that his job is not being threatened which is which is probably right although i'm sure images of josh coaching at denver are popping up in, in their minds all the time but it looked to me in the bits i saw you know in redson that that the that Jacksonville actually figured the defense out pretty well. It's like if you if you control Max, he, you you don't have a whole lot else to worry about. And offensively, Josh doesn't seem to be able to get a balance with David Carr and Jacobs as as to what the game you know how they're going to play that game. Uh, you know they miss Waller a lot because obviously you're going to double Devonte Adams, um, Renfro has not played, I don't know, you know, Renfro just seems to have disappeared off the, off the charts. He just doesn't do anything when he's playing. So from what looked like a good three-way parlay for, for receivers, where you've got Adams, who's the great threat, Renfro in the middle of the field and Waller in the middle of the field, they've got nothing because you're, they're taking Adams out and Adams still makes plays in every game, but, but they got nothing consistent to drive the ball downfield. And that, you know, Jacksonville did much better at that than Las Vegas, than, um, than Vegas did. How much yeah, of this, if I can just interject for yeah. one second there, how much interject. of this is on, uh, is on Derek Carr, if any, are we looking at Josh McDaniels here as being the one who's kind of stifling the, uh, the Raiders offense? As Mike has mentioned, there's been injuries and things like this, but they, they, you know, a lot was made of the, the Devontae Adams getting him in, 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 the, in the 
in the preseason there and, and you know linking him back up with his with Derek Carr who you know we played with many many years ago it just hasn't seemed to have worked like who, who is who's that on there's three people that need to make that work it's the coach it's the quarterback and the receiver like what's what's going on there? It, it's funny isn't it because we used to have the same discussion about Derek Carr and John Gruden Mm-hmm. You know, is it Jordan's fault or is it Carr's fault? You know, so maybe at some point you just have to think, well, it's Carr's fault. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Um, let me play very much, you know, around devil's the kind advocate. of play thing. Well, devil's advocate to a degree, I suppose. If Josh McDaniels was uh, to lose and get the boot, mm-hmm. if he was to receive a phone call from his old mate Bill Belichick. <laughs> and Bill was to like, I want you to come back in and call offensive plays for us, be our offensive coordinator. Do you think that would bring the Patriots up quite a significant level, Mike? It's funny, isn't it? Because when you look at the way he handled Mac Jones last year, you would think this is what you want from an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 kept it relatively simple, but he seemed you know, he seemed to grow in confidence, whereas mm-hmm. these guys, uh, Patricia and Judge, are keeping it very simple. And Mac Jones has no confidence at all. I mean, you can see it while, while he's playing. He's, he, he can't make a quick decision. He's not putting the ball where, where it ought to be. Uh, there was a key moment in the in the game early where he took a slide where he, you know, he could have got a first down. It, 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 the reason they went with – the reason why the fans went with Bailey Zappi was that Zappi just looked like he was happy being there. <laughs> you know, he's That's probably not as good as Mac Jones, but but that that makes a big difference. So I think if Belichick offered him the job, it, it's kind of a come down. When he lost the job in Denver, he didn't go back to New England. He went to uh, the Rams as offensive coordinator under Steve Spagnuolo um, and then came back to New England. Mm, uh, yeah. you know, here's the interesting thing. What if he hadn't backed out of the Indianapolis job a year ago or two yeah. years ago? Whatever, yeah. two years ago now. Yeah. Frank, Frank Reich thereby doesn't get the job there in Indy. Um, and McDaniels is the head coach. Would things have gone better or not? I doubt it personally. I don't think, I think the best you could have hoped for is, you know, things being exactly as they are right now. I think there's a, you know, I was, we were talking about, we were discussing the Colts yesterday in our WhatsApp group to talk about today and things like this. And Did you say the Colts thing- or the Colts? The Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, the NFL football team. They brand themselves. (laughs) But, you know, I couldn't help but think that how much of the what's going on in Indianapolis at the moment can be traced back, you know, how many years ago was to to Andrew Luck's decision to retire because, you know, they had their quarterback set there and they've obviously been playing sort of like, you know, the quarterback merry-go-round ever since so they get Philip Rivers in there. But they've never had, it just doesn't seem like they've had any sense of stability in their franchise. And now... I think that's ultimately cost Frank Reich his job. And Frank, like, if you look, he's what four seasons, four full seasons there in this one, made the playoffs twice. He's only had, I think, one losing season, if I remember that correctly. Apart, apart, not counting the current one, of course. Um, so it's it's a strange decision that they've made there. But again, if Andrew Luck just can, decides to keep play, doesn't take that decision a couple of seasons ago, and just is still is the Indianapolis Colts quarterback. I don't think we're having this conversation today at all. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if Wentz was a Reich decision, and and that's what they're kind of going back to, or if maybe even if Matt Ryan was a Reich decision. Yeah, the weird thing to me was that Erlinger clearly is not ready, right? Um, yes. For whatever whatever reason, 
And Nick Foles is on the bench there. I was amazed they didn't go to Nick Foles at some point, you know, um, especially against the Patriots. <laughs> you know, and Reich just says, okay, Nick, we'll give him a little indie special, you know, and see see what happens. But you know, I, I why have him on the roster if you're not gonna if you're not gonna use him in just that situation? Or, or there's there is this thing about undeveloping quarterbacks when you stick a you know a um, a rookie quarterback into a bad situation and he develops bad habits as a result. Yeah. Like the entire Jets franchise the last two seasons. <laughs> um, wow, Jets are flying, baby. Um, who do we expect uh, in the next couple of weeks to be the quarterback of the Colts? Well, the, who's this week? Is Erlinger starting this week, presumably? I well, I mean, so. I'm, I, I, I was looking for that this morning before we started. Yeah. And this, I mean, I don't know how to... you, I don't know how you make any decisions that about that game. Doesn't seem to be any announcement on that as of yet. Wouldn't, yeah. by the way, Josh McDaniel's been been actually quite good with Matt Ryan. I mean, I'm, I'm not comparing Matt Ryan to Tom Brady, but you can see that there are. Well, you would have said the same thing about Frank Reich, though. Yeah, to, you know, to be honest, I, I was, I was surprised Ryan played. Now, mo- a lot of that is down to Indy's offensive line. Um. Which is strange because a year ago <laughs> it was the best, one of the best offensive lines of the year, and they spent a lot of money to bring back uh, three of the guys. I think, but they don't have a left tackle, and they haven't played. You know, they haven't played all that well, uh, and and that that makes a huge difference. And Taylor has been in and out of the lineup, and they got rid of Naheem Hines, which was you know almost like throwing a towel in at that point in a way. So. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how, but but when you bring in a creaky old quarterback whose arm is starting to go, you need to protect him, which they just didn't do for Ryan. And the same is true when you have a rookie, the only guy there of those three quarterbacks who can play on a in front of a bad offensive line without you know completely collapsing his faults. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nick. Yeah. Um, if Josh McDaniels does get the boot in the next couple of weeks, do we think that that is the end of him as a head coach, realistically? Possibly, but no, pro- probably not. Probably not because probably not. Yeah, I mean, the, he's had a couple of goals at it now. If he goes, he's you know, I'd, I'd love to. I don't think we offer odds on this sort of thing, but I'd love to see what the odds on McDaniel's being the offensive coordinator of the Patriots by the end of next season are. Like that would be. I think that's quite it. Then he's always just going to be that, isn't he? I yeah, mean, but I mean, the Patriots have, have shown life. That, they've shown themselves to be a franchise who weren't afraid to bring back those coaches. Like, yeah. look, at the, look at the guys who were there right now. You know, Judge and Patricia. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any. Barring, you know, some sort of spectacular failure within the franchise, there, it, there always seems to be a red carpet rolled back for these guys. And they always seem to work, you know. That's the reason they get, get those kind of high-profile jobs in the first place. There's some sort of magic connection that they have <laughs> with Bill Belichick in New England that just seems to work and that just doesn't seem to work elsewhere, with a few obvious exceptions. Very few of Belichick's assistants have been successful as head coaches over any period of time, partly because I think they they try to – use not just the Belichick system, but the Belichick attitude. And, and it doesn't work yeah, with, yeah. with players because they're not Bill Belichick and they yeah, don't have that yeah. kind of um, success thing behind them. Now, it was funny to me that I think the third favorite in the betting to be the Colts coach next year is Gerard Mayo, who's the co-defensive coordinator in New England with Belichick's son, Steve. And since McDaniel has left, McDaniel was the kind of heir apparent. You know, the idea was when he came back from Indy, everybody assumed he'd been promised the head coaching yeah. job when Bill retires. Now Bill shows no sign of ever retiring. He's going to, you know, it, it looks like now he's going to stay on until he beats John Don Shula's record, but he's also now got his son 
in the line of succession in the nepotistic football league. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and so that would be a, a disincentive to come back uh, to New England. But God, they need an offensive coordinator. Um, yeah. yeah it, okay. It's, it's, it's Matt it's, Patricia it's done with, in terms of um, big jobs? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole thing at Detroit was such a joke. I mean, he, he couldn't handle the team. He, he built, he built it badly. Um, you know, they got rid of players who didn't fit into the system who were, who turned, you know, were good players who resumed being good as soon as they got out, got out of there. I can't see anybody wanting to, there's too many young people. Yeah. And, and, and the trend there are too be, many young people, Mike. Yes. Yeah, there are. Here, here. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad someone said it. Yeah, there are too many young people. Um, but, you know, when I was looking at these lists, like with the Colts, it's all the young co- offensive coordinators that everybody's looking at, you know. And, you know, I, I, I would wonder if if someone like Wink Martindale wouldn't, wasn't worth a shot, although he's an old guy, you know, and he's kind of he's kind of in the Rex Ryan, you know, maybe Patricia Mole, the, the, the kind of, you know, uh, off the wall kind of coach that the teams might play. I mean, look at Coach Bluto in Detroit now. You know the players love him, but doesn't mean they're they're not going to. They won last week, but but you know they're not going to win. They're not going to win a lot of a lot of games. Um, and spread trends, I can tell you that the, the the list is 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 six and two or six and three. So those are the teams that are you were to look at: uh, Dallas, New York Giants, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Seattle, the Jets, and the Tennessee Titans. Which, if anyone had asked me to name. Every team in the NFL, I, I would have said before, the Tennessee Titans, but obviously they are actually covering um, quite a lot of the time. They're the cover gods last week because I remember I said I'd take them with 12.5, except that Malik Willis was playing quarterback. Yeah. They, yeah. Covered, they covered with Malik Willis. I was, you know. Yeah, no, that, they did. They, they played well. Mike Vrabel um, went up in my coach of the year. It's now Dayball or Vrabel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go to Thursday Night Football. I won't give the outrights. Uh, you can check them yourself oh. on the Betfair Sportsbook, um, but we will obviously be running through next week in our mid One more interruption before you do. What is what is the line on Indianapolis? They were getting six and a half. So they're getting six now. Down to oh, six. Wow. Wow. Uh, Thursday Night Football sees the Atlanta Falcons, as we mentioned, one of the teams that have been covering, take on the Carolina Panthers. It's 8-13, to 13, the Falcons. The Panthers are 11-8. to eight. At uh, three points is spread. Forty three point five is the over under. Um, John, quickly g- g- to to you, because um, you know Baker Mayfield is still there. Just, he, he played. He played all right when he came on at the weekend as well. Oh, did he? Oh, he played all right. Okay. Yeah, wasn't that a Baker situation? Garbage time. Garbage time to look good and get the job back. Yeah, fourteen for twenty, two touchdowns. That's you know you got to keep an eye on these things. Um, yeah, this is an interesting game, I suppose. You'll, everybody will recall that they played each other, what, two weeks ago in the in the game that nobody wanted to win, which uh, ended up being the 37-34 victory for Atlanta after uh, some shenanigans, shall we say, from the from the kickers. Uh, the, the over-under <laughs> in this one, the, it's, it's inter- like, I mean, I think the over-under, it's 43.5 as of yesterday evening, as of Tuesday evening. I don't imagine it's changed greatly in the hours. No, nope, that's it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, the only thing I can say about this, like, we literally saw these two teams play a couple of weeks ago and they combined for, like, 70 points. So I wonder, is the, uh, is the over-under a little bit conservative with that in mind? You know, you should probably make picks based upon more trends than just that. But I think 
the first thing I thought about in this was, yeah, that, that's hitting the over 43 and a half. These are, look, for all the, the ills that both of these teams have, it's particularly the Falcons, they still have the capability of putting points on the board sometimes. And in, in games like this, when they're, you know, the, the pressure, like it's a division game as well, it's a rivalry. And uh, I think there could be definitely more points than 43.5, but perhaps I'm leaning too heavily on the evidence of a couple of weeks ago. But that's Yeah, Car- Carolina's right defense looked awful. Yeah. Last week. Um, I, I agree with you. And it was 44 5 Tuesday morning. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. So, you know, at 43 5, I, I agree with you completely. Um, it's, it's tempting to go with Atlanta giving three because they seem to always be able to cover three points <laughs> one, one way or another. Um, even, even, on the, even on the road, Carolina's a mess. Yeah, big time. Yeah, and I got when we look at the Falcons, they're four and five. Uh, their wins have mainly come at home. They're three and two at home. They're one and three away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Panthers are two and seven, and they're both their victories have come at home, and they're zero and four away. I'm surprised that the Falcons aren't favored a little bit more based on what we've seen so far this season, but. It's a Thursday night game. Yeah. They're always a little bit more risky than than Sunday, but yeah, I think I think Falcons and over kind of is is is, is probably yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, Falcons four and five actually is first place tied for first place in the division. It is yes, with the team we're about to talk about, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because the Seattle Seahawks head to Tampa Bay, Munich, <laughs> Munich, uh, Munich Bay. Munich books, uh, 23 to 20 about the Seattle Seahawks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 7 to 10. And it's interesting because when this opened, I did a, a rock raised eyebrow at the line, which was three. It's now two and a half. But it's favoring Tampa, gents. Is that the way I, we've I, seen I, the I, 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 I would go with Seattle on, on this one, just, just like it, because Seattle's fast both offensively and defensively and Tampa's not. Uh, and this is becoming one of those kind of fulcrums that, that the NFL is balancing on, you know, some, some teams play quick and some teams play strong and, and Tampa tries to play strong. Um, uh, they used to be quicker, <laughs> strangely enough, that that's the weird thing, you know, that, um, but it's not, I, you, I would avoid. I'm almost going to avoid it simply because it's in Munich and you don't know how the teams are going to travel. Um, By plane, I assume. Pardon me. By plane, I assume. You don't have the teams are going to travel. <laughs> I left myself open for that. Right? <laughs> Mea culpa. <laughs> Just lost like 300 people. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> so, so if it were being played even in Tampa, I would probably take Seattle in the points. Um, although I. I, as anyone would rather have three than two and a half, two and a half really doesn't do you all that much good. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this is kind of Seahawks game. I, I, I really do think Gino Wilson is, is playing well. And, and <laughs> Gino I, you know, Wilson. Sorry, Gino Smith. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> it's like it's like Doctor Frankenstein cloned Russell Wilson and Gino Smith and came up with Gino Wilson. Um, and, you know, I mentioned this a couple of times, Shane Waldron, nobody seems to mention his name, but but Seattle's offensive coordinator came from the Rams. And what they're running is the Rams offense, basically, um, with Geno Smith playing Jared Goff. Uh, and he does it better than Jared Goff did. Um, so, you know, that that's that's pretty potent. And and the defense, because of the rookies, they I mean, they've got rookies 
playing both tackles on offense. They've got rookies and two rookies and cornerbacks playing most of the time, and they're playing really well. You know, they, they deserve a kind of draft prize uh, for this season. I've seen that. I've seen that be written about a lot recently about, you know, Seattle's draft picks and what they've gone and got. Um, John, 23-20 about the Seattle Seahawks. I'm like, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised this, like, it's not going to be better the weekend for me kind of thing, because obviously it's because of that kind of neutral venue. But yeah, like Seattle should not be underdogs in this game in what we have seen so far this season. Yeah, I'd agree. Unless with... DK Metcalf needs to take an extra long poo, <laughs> which would change the game. Obviously, he's going to be carted off. We don't, gonna... we don't consider those factors enough when we're making we, our bets. We, we should, really. There are mitigating circumstances here. Is it still, yeah, that could be is your it still Oktoberfest? Yeah. <laughs> he may have had some bad uh, strudel. Strudel's not. Is strudel German or is that yeah, uh, strudel uh, Austrian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're, you're honest yeah. in there, Kieran. That could be your thing. I'll talk some about the weather, problem. and you can talk about like gastrointestinal issues and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. Yeah. How bad did it have to be that he had to be carted off? I just I <laughs> We've all been there, Kieran. No, I've never been carted to the toilet. It's only because you haven't had access to a cart. I've seen you in the past. <laughs> it's a new thing for the pubs in Dublin. A blue tent. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Just the, I'm imagining some horrible images in my head right now. But... um. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with is what me, you, John? you've is both it me going said. To the toilet? <laughs> it's a little bit clear. I, th- I kind of agree with what both, both of you said in this one. I would um, I would take Seattle with the points on this particular one. I do, as I've kind of cautioned, as I suppose we all have cautioned over the course of the season, the road games are ones to be wary of because you can never really be quite sure what's going to happen. And as Mike said, how the teams are going to travel. Kieran's going to say they're going to travel by plane. That's your, they're both, both of those are correct points. But, um, you. you know, it's an 11 hour flight. That's, it's not like, it's significantly more than the, even the London flight is. And look, you know, can old man Brady handle an 11 hour well, flight and then play? See, play yeah, see, Seattle will be playing at 0630 <laughs> on their body, body clock time. <laughs> yeah. It's, this is, this is, this is like, and for that particular reason, like I would, my recommendation obviously is, is Seattle with the points, but personally speaking, this is one of those games that I will be staying away from uh, unless, I don't know, unless something changes between now and I the weekend. When they but travel it's out. just something I'm not particularly confident in. I don't end. know. It's, um, yeah, because that, that, that that's the other the interesting thing. You would really uh, hope Seattle are there right now. Like you I, hope they're there now. There's I would no have thought for at them least, not to be there. Uh, yeah, I, I would have thought at least one of the teams will go for the week. Um, because the NFL would want them to do a big, you know, promotional job around mm-hmm. around Munich. You would say though that that would, if they were asking, like they're going to ask for Tom Brady. You know, like I mean, that's let's be honest. I don't know if he'd be like, doing much media at the moment, would he? Well, it depends on what you get asked. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, Exclusive NFL Network interview with DK Metcalf in a restaurant. <laughs> Uh, six o'clock games. Uh, one that caught your eye, John. Minnesota Vikings taking on the Buffalo Bills. Seven to four by the Vikings. Bills are nine to twenty. Four and a half points spread. Forty-four point five is the over on. That's what I wanted to say to people as well. The the mid-season review that we uh, we want to do. We'll a lot it of it at week sixteen. Will a lot of it has to rest on the fact that the Bills are the current favorites for the Super Bowl, but we do not know what's going on with their quarterback. Josh Allen. So a, a mid-season review that we would do this week. If we like Josh Allen could be out for a month. That's what I've seen, you know, in places that this injury is usually 
four weeks to Bills. No, I, we haven't heard anything. He's been evaluated for a UCL injury. He's limited at the moment. Uh, okay, but this is a man, by the way, who, despite that injury, threw the furthest pass in the NFL in six years at the weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't be that bad. But that's it's isn't that a big like the Bills rely on Josh Allen. We we. I mean, he's arguably the best quarterback in the league. If he's not the best, he's the second best, you know. So any team in any era is going to miss a player of that caliber, particularly um, the Bills, because he's so fundamental to... Like, he's he's completely transformed that organization. There's no no two ways to consider that. He's flipped that entire thing, place on its head with the... the and as well, just the, the amount that he has developed since he was drafted into the league when he was... He was considered, you know, a fine prospect, but incredibly raw. Anybody who watched him play a little bit in college or then they would see like, yeah, that guy's got amazing arm strength, but can he put the ball where he wants? Kind of turns out that he can after a couple of seasons. So, yeah, it would be a huge loss. And as well, you make a good point there, Kieran, as well. Like we are talking about this on, on a Wednesday morning. This will become a lot clearer even by Wednesday evening when the injury reports and stuff come out. And there'll be a couple more of those, you know, going towards the weekend. So I'm going, I'm approaching this game as if, Josh Allen is playing and is healthy until shown otherwise. Um, so, you know, with that said, assuming everybody's fit and healthy, this is two of the teams with the, you know, it's it's two of the best records in the NFL. Uh, and it's interesting as well that it's the Minnesota Vikings who are, have the better record of the two teams at the moment anyway. But if you were to look at how they're playing, you, nobody could say that the 7-1 and one Vikings are better, you know, pound for pound than the, than the Buffalo Bills at the moment. Uh, you know, but at the same time, for all of their excellence, the Bills are now six, six and two in a very competitive AFC East, where they could surrender top position to the Jets or the Dolphins, depending upon what happens this weekend and next. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. But I'm slightly less confident in making my pick given the the, the Josh Allen situation. But I've, I'll still I'm going to assume he's playing. So, with that being said, I'm going to take the Bills on the points on this particular one. But again. Don't put any money down on this game until Sunday morning, yeah. Sunday afternoon. This game opened in Vegas at seven and a half to the Vikings on Monday when it was six on Betfair yesterday morning. It's down to what, four and a half now? Mm-hmm. And I think that's reflecting exactly what John said, the the uncertainty about Josh Allen. Um, if I were the Bills, I would play Allen at tailback and not and just tell him he doesn't have to pass. <laughs> well, <laughs> throw the, the occasional yeah. shovel pass, you know. Yeah. Just bring in Case Keenum when you want to throw the ball. That's that. Now that's that's a big one. First off, Josh Allen's been injured before, and he missed, and it's the exact same injury. So he had this injury before, and he missed four games. Second part of that is obviously the Bills, as Mike just said, the Bills' backup is Case Keenum, who would like a little go at the Vikings. You would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would yeah. be just like uh, Kirk Cousins playing Washington last week, Yeah, um, so- which was an interesting game because that was my play of the week. That game was really tight, but it wouldn't have been if Steve Patrick, who was the back judge, <laughs> hadn't knocked over Patrick Bynum when he was just about to intercept um, a Taylor Henneke pass. He literally took him out and Curtis Samuel... <laughs> came behind them, caught the ball, and the other two defenders, Henneke threw this ball into triple coverage. And the the, the referee, the official, took out the coverage. Samuel catches it. The other two guys fall down, and he goes in for a touchdown. You take that play away, and and that game's not a three-point. It was one of the six three-point games. Yeah. Um, And and it wouldn't have been one. 
game of Sunday is, I mean, we've looked around the, the league and obviously we've touched on the Thursday night football. We've had a look at the Seattle game. We've had a look now at the Bills game. But but probably the game that a lot of people will be looking at is Dallas Cowboys against the Green Bay Packers for a variety of reasons. The Dallas Cowboys are 4-9. The Green Bay Packers are 9-5. It's a five-point spread at the moment. 42.5 is the over-under. And I guess, John, I'll come to you with this up first. Like, You've always been a little bit high on the Packers at times. You know, last season you kind of tipped them. But... Ayahuasca high. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to be. Proper Aaron Rodgers style. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is, like, there's there's obviously issues there. And then on the flip side, you've got Dallas, who seem, seem to be back kind of playing pretty well. They're running a very tight running game with Pollard and Elliott, who will be mm-hmm. back. Uh, they've got their 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 starting quarterback is back in the mix. And, of course, the big one here is Mike McCarthy, who spent so many years at Green Bay, where he was you know, loved and then unloved for a little bit of time <laughs> heading back. So there's lots of subplots here um, in a game that, that sh- should be pretty good. Yeah, I think the number one, I, I mean, I'll just cut to the chase, I suppose. Cowboys with minus five, I think, is the move in this particular one because I've just at them, you know, it's very difficult to have any sort of faith in this Green Bay Packers team at the moment. They're as bad as they've been in several seasons. They're clearly as bad as they've been under Matt LaFleur. They're, you know, what are they now, three and six on the year, and they've never lost more than four in an entire season before him, and mostly three back in the in the 16-game season. They've only lost three games. So the wheels have well and truly fallen off there. And, you know, we have, we I think we've kind of discussed this several times throughout the course of the season, uh, removing Devontae Adams and not really replacing him with a viable alternative has, has massively neutered how Aaron Rodgers is, it has played and how he's approached games. And has also led to them recently relying upon the run game a lot more than they would previously have done but what the you know and that has they've seen some success like Aaron if you remember the last couple of weeks like Aaron Jones has played quite well and Dylan is still there you know he's capable he's a good goal line threat and things like this but I think that's almost like a false dawn for the Packers in some sense because while the run game has been performing it is really restricting the amount of points that they can traditionally put on the board and it's also winding the clock down a hell of a lot quicker than they used to as well. So whereas in the past, the Packers used to be able to sort of, you know, get the offense ticking and outscore opponents and they kind of rely upon a good, maybe but not outstanding defense. They just don't have that foundation at all anymore. And like you saw, scoring nine points against the Detroit Lions defense as they did last weekend is really bad. <laughs> like that's as bad as it gets. Because, you know, the, we're going to look again. I don't, don't know how much we're going to talk about, but the Lions are playing the Chicago Bears this, this coming weekend. And the Bears, in my opinion, are going to put, you know, several multiples of nine points on this Detroit Lions team, particularly given how Justin Fields is playing. Anyway, that's a, that's a different conversation. But uh, yeah, I think the, this Green Bay team is in trouble. And we've said it before as well, but I think the Tom Brady has altered the expectation of what we can expect from a veteran or an aging is another way to say veteran quarterback. And we're seeing that manifest in the likes of Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, even Matthew Safford is not really, what is he like 34 or something like that? It's these guys are showing their frailties and showing their weaknesses. And especially Aaron Rodgers, the, the, the deficit is quite noticeable because of how good he has been. Like he's the reigning MVP, right? So he's not playing times in a row. Yeah. He's not playing like that at the moment. And the drop-off has been, incredible so i think this is one of those games where you're going to kind of see that in action particularly the cowboys coming off a bye and they've they've won their two previous games before that and that seems like they've sort of discovered that pollard is better than ezekiel elliott so they're leaning on that a bit jerry as well. jerry jones hasn't yeah that's true i mean, I mean jerry jones is man, do, 
If they can get rid of Ezekiel Elliott, I know yeah, no one's going to take that's, on that contract. That's, but. that's just not correct, though, in, in terms of the stats. Like, I mean, Elliott still gets more snaps and still has more touchdowns than Pollard. But it seems like they. that's not always been the case. Obviously, Elliott's got a bit injured. But if you look in the last few weeks, like it's... Pollard I'm is a big making more, he's making more fan, with sorry. his opportunities than, mm. than Elliot is. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. think that's I mean, you know, Jerry's man, Jerry players. Jones's man crush on Z makes Kieran's man crush on Jimmy G look, 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 <laughs> look like Jimmy a G because the Mary like, Cooper is like, like a schoolgirl. Um, but yeah, I mean, the argument for Zeke has always been that Zeke pass blocks better than um Pollard. You know that that's that's the um, yeah, but is that like he's what is he the key thing, million that, dollar a year running back? Is yeah. that what you really want him to do? You know, but you know, I see nothing wrong with sharing the you know sharing yeah, the car- carries. I just I don't know the why best. the owner you know an owner shooting his mouth off about how you know someone's number one when you don't need to you don't need yeah. to do that. You know, is is just crazy. Um, Gary Rashawn Gary's out for the Packers. If you want yeah, it, just another reason boss. to to shovel some more dirt on their grave. Um, you know, I, I don't know what Matt Lafleur is doing. You know, I don't know why they can't adjust. Uh, yeah, they had they had one to- horrible call on, on Lazard, the incompletion where you know he went out of bounds and he had control of the ball and then he hit and he still had possession of the ball but not control and they ruled it incomplete and I I, I just couldn't see it. You know, but but all that said, you know, for them to score nine points against the Lions with with the team, even with the team they have, it is ridiculous. You know, and um, you know, Rogers interception. Yeah, he didn't. Hutchinson wasn't there. Hutchinson made a great play. He, he read Rogers' eyes and then followed the ball and you know intercepted because it wasn't flight. It wasn't uh floated to Bakhtiari because he didn't need he thought he didn't need to float it you know big blah 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 the, the point isn't he threw the interception the point is they can't move the ball and and they've got Aaron Jones like like um they've got AJ Dillon you know, they ought to be running two tight ends two you know two running backs and doing it the hard way but Lafleur can't do that um you know it's something's got to give in Green Bay and, well uh, the funny thing is the, the acrimony between Rodgers and the Packers, like we've known about it for years. Some say it's going back as far as you know, four or five years really since oh, yeah. Love came in, right? So, sure. and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So, like, something has got to give. Now, last year, it was pretty clear during the offseason that the first choice of the Denver Broncos was Aaron Rodgers. That's who they wanted, right? So, in an alternate universe, Aaron Rodgers now plays for the Denver Broncos. Jordan Love is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. He's at three and six, which is what they are now with Aaron Rodgers uh, and a a, a disjointed kind of um, work surroundings. Uh, They would have a ton of cap space in their pocket. They would be able to completely rebuild that team and they would have been able to find out by now if Jordan Love is the guy or if, look, he's three and six and he's playing pretty poorly. So, like, they've completely screwed it by keeping Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they should have listened to the OJs. Yeah. Get but- on board the love train, the love train, people <laughs> of the world. Get on ball. I really anyway. hope people aren't watching that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation needs to come to. Yeah. Well, and and Rodgers would would be with um with um Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett, who mm. you know could carry his golf clubs to the stadium, yeah. that kind of stuff. But it I just agree. seems like the Rodgers, the keeping of Rodgers, despite the acrimony, and the, the, let's be honest, he probably wanted to go. Denver yeah. wanted them. 
Just you can understand that. Put like I mean, he like we mentioned, he was the, the he's the MVP, the two time MVP coming into the season. So you can understand why Green Bay were you know reticent to let him go, just despite the acrimony that you speak of. But you know, with Jordan Love, we haven't seen much of him. We he's had a couple of cameos in the league so far, and like nothing is. Well, been he didn't look great. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not special been, guest star yeah, Gordon, exactly. Jordan Love, <laughs> but he's not been particularly good when he's had that no. opportunity, and as well. The idea of having a rookie quarterback, like this is this is an in-house decision. They've seen, they see Jordan Love play every day. They know he's not the guy. You know, it's not, you don't necessarily have to put him into a game situation to understand that if, you, if you're on the training ground with him all the time. And as well, I, the, the idea of just my final point, the, the idea of having the rookie quarterback is that you make the most of his rookie contract. You, you play him in these types of situations and hopefully he's good enough to keep his head above water. So, you know, from a cap standpoint, the, the best thing you can do is have a cheap quarterback. That's the best thing. That oh, any, absolutely. Any situation for any team in the NFL. So the Packers would be doing that, I believe, if there was even last season, if they saw that like, okay, Rodgers is the MVP, but his contract is worth this much. We've got this guy who's maybe... 80% as good as Rodgers, but he costs, you know, 20% of the price. That would be worth a go just from a pure. Yeah, but you don't care. It, but you can't do that in Green Bay. You yeah. can't, you can't unload the two-time MVP. Exactly. You know, like for money reasons. They got enough, you know, they got away with it with Devontae Adams and look where that's got them. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you could, you could argue that if Adams were there, Rodgers would probably be 50% more efficient, maybe more, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. um, Isn't it always the case that there's an issue a quarterback at Green Bay? Like before that, they had Brett Favre and the, the pushing out of Brett Favre for Aaron Rodgers. Well, it was a similar exactly situation, smooth. wasn't it? It was, it was very, they, yeah, they, exactly. they drafted Rodgers with the 24th or 25th pick, whatever it was, you know, and then sat him for two years, you know, yeah. and then then had to get rid of Favre because they knew Rodgers was ready. And and for the reasons that John was saying, um, you know, they needed to, they needed to play him. So, that worked out. That worked out okay. You know, I just mm. think, you know, some guy who sells cigars ought to be hanging around the Dallas locker room after the game, checking out Mike McCarthy. Uh, you know, <laughs> here's his big fat Cuban one. It's only 500 bucks. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, is what's the, is the over under still 42.5? Yeah, 42.5. Yeah. I think so. I'd go over on this, strangely enough. Even yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be high scoring, actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going for a good game. Um, let's finish it off with two games, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football. Sunday Night Football is the Los Angeles Chargers at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, it's a bit of deja vu about this game, to be honest. 5-2 to two about the LA Chargers. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers are 3-10, to 7-point spread, 45.5 is the over-under. Uh, 49ers, guys? I mean... Yeah, I like the Niners, even with even with 7. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers have this way of hanging in, straight, you know, which they did last week, and and letting Justin Herbert, and I thought Herbert played really well, you know, given that both his best receivers were out. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I really, I really think that they won't be able to stop San Francisco in this game. You know, the the only way that the Chargers win this game is if um, um, Joey Bosa outplays his brother. Um, That'd be interesting. And, and makes yeah. makes Jimmy Jimmy G. Um, this is the Bosa Brothers Bowl. Um, you know, makes you know Jimmy bowl. G's life incredibly um, unpleasant, you know. Who's better quarterback, Herbert or Jimmy G? Herbert. Herbert. No question. Yeah. yeah. Hands uh, down. Why can't the Chargers establish something a little? Because they, they were, we kind of mentioned at the start of the season, there were a lot of people's dark horses. I think ESPN or the- one of those big <laughs> NFL network shows had every one of them saying they're the dark horses. Yeah. And while they can still make the playoffs, they're certainly the- not. Every year they tease. It's it's un- And every year 
you can write it off legitimately to injuries almost every year. They, yeah. they just seem to always have the worst injury luck of, of any team. But right now, I mean, last week, Williams and Allen were both out. Um, you know, their offensive line is kind of a mess, but they have, they, they build defensively very strangely and, and it hasn't really worked for a few years as, as well. Um, and, you know, Eckler had my second favorite play that, although my favorite moment of that, did you see the play where Eckler got tackled and, and kind of like uh bulldog down, but he, his legs never hit the ground. His feet were, were still pumping and he kept running. And on the other sideline, <laughs> Arthur Smith is standing there hitting his elbow, <laughs> trying to get a referee's attention and hitting his elbow. And sure enough, it turned out that Eckler's elbow, um, which was visible from the other yeah. sideline, had touched the ground um, and the play was was uh, ruled out. Then, then, then Eckler fumbles the ball late in the game and um, Tennessee recovers it. And the guy tries to run it back and gets tackled and fumbles it back to sit to, to the chargers. So you know, they had only themselves to blame. They did. Yeah. I mean, they take Eckler out of that team and they're in big trouble. Like yeah, he scored yeah. two touchdowns at the weekend. Uh, he had one knocked off, obviously that one that Mike speaking about where it turned out his elbow had hit the ground, but yeah, it's, it's weird one. You're going to receivers are down as well. It's difficult with when they're going into a game without Keenan Allen or without Mike Williams and they have to rely upon, I suppose you get them all back, you can see why people are saying, and there is still the second half of the season for them to come. They could go on a winning run, but yeah, I mean, they're five and three. You know, yeah, like they're not. They're not. And in this in this year's NFL, five and three, they're they're a better record record than San Francisco, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, they do. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're down on them, but we're not out on them. Yeah, but San Francisco's at home, coming off a bye. Uh, exactly. They might, they might imagine, have Elijah Mitchell back. Um, can you imagine what Kyle Shannon has done with uh, Christian McCaffrey in that bye week? Like, we're going to see some like triple reverse jet sweeps or something like this. <laughs> I think he plays tailback. They just write out Jimmy G and they run with a single wing, single wing offense. <laughs> Um, Monday Night Football, the Washington Commanders take on the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the last game we're going to look at. 7-2 to two about the Commanders. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are 1-5. points uh, is the spread and the over-under is 43.5. Um, you look at the Eagles' season as it rolls on and you start to wonder where they're going to get beaten, guys. Uh, by Tennessee. A, a good team, yeah, a good running team. Tennessee in December. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll hold Take, you to that, Mike. Yeah, yeah. put a little tick by that one. I As will in do. somebody like Derrick Henry running up the middle is their uh, yeah. kryptonite. And if that, if that doesn't happen, they've got Dallas and the Giants twice, I think, the rest of December. So, you so know, they're not going to have an unbeaten season is what you're telling probably me. Probably not. No, no I doubt it. To be honest, lost, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you'd prefer not going unbeaten. Um, if you if you think back to the to the Patriots, Patriots, yeah, 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 it just puts a lot of a lot of pressure on mm. on you. Um, ten and a half is not quite tempting enough, but it's close. On um, behalf of the Eagles to win by that much, do you say? Or yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I think Washington can hold. You know, Washington can hold teams down. They're playing very well defensively. They're mm. they're kind of playing the way a um, a Ron Rivera team ought to play defensively. Uh, my fear in taking 10 and a half is twofold. One is that the Eagles have le- have basically taken their foot off the pedal in fourth quarters where they've had leads. Um, and so if you took spreads a couple of times, you would have lost those games. And, and secondly is uh, they are playing really well in, in the secondary. The Eagles are this at this point. And Heineke is a, 
a threat to turn the ball over. Um, he's played okay. You know, he's he's done more than you would expect um, and deserves to be the starter there, but he still doesn't have the arm to make some of the throws he attempts. Um, and he's had a lot of luck making throws under pressure that he had to get away where he puts bloopers up and because he sees a receiver, which is good, but the blooper is bad and, and the Eagles could take advantage of this. So my instinct here would be, First instinct would be to take Washington with the, with the points, but I would like that those points to be twelve or, or something like that yeah, instead well, of ten and a half. It's a bit away. It's a bit away. So keep an eye on that one, John. You, uh, you thinking the same? I think the exact same. I think uh, I, I think the Eagles will win. I think they're you know I, I I do kind of think that they're going to start to show a little bit more of their frailties from this point onwards in the season. As I kind of hinted at it or I mentioned it earlier, the I think the run defense is going to be kind of their undoing as we get to the, the latter part of the season. Like they've lost, I'm not sure how long he's out for, but they've lost Jordan Davis at defensive time. He's, he's due back in a few weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, he, but he'll be a noticeable absence, I think. Like, yeah. If they, I mean, Hargrave is playing out of his skull. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like what is he got here? Five sacks in five yeah. days or something like that. Yeah. yeah it was I mean, crazy. It, you know, the Steelers have to be kind of kicking themselves that they let him Big go. Time, but... Yeah. So, but I think the Eagles will win this one, but I think that the, uh, I think that Washington can keep it within 10 points. So I think it'll kind of, this could be like a 2017 type game. That's kind of how I'm looking at it right now. Well, 27, 17, maybe. Yeah, okay. maybe. <laughs> um, I let you guys think about your. Best, I'll, best I'll of the also week. point out that all four of the bye week teams have winning records this year, this week. Well, so in, in a horrible season, you've taken four of the winning teams out of, <laughs> out of the out of the lineup. <laughs> um, I let you guys think about your best bets, and I just want to let everyone know about something that's coming up. Obviously, the World Cup starts very very shortly. And next week, Football Only Better is having a live season preview show. There's going to be a couple of celebrity guests on that, as well as the guys. Um, it's going to be streamed on Betfair social channels, but it will be available on a podcast as well on this network. And then they will be covering every single game of the World Cup. Uh, so do subscribe to the channel. The guys are going to cover every single match. Uh, the guys have been getting some fantastic bets in Kevin Hatchard, Marco Hare, the boys over on football only better. It's a cracking show. And really is your go-to during this world cup. There's going to be, it's it's going to be great. And uh, if you were joining us last summer during the Euros, when they did every single game, you'll know some of the winners that they picked out and some of the great shows that they did. So um, if you're a fan of football world cup, look, it's about to start and uh, we're going to have you covered on football only better. Uh, so do subscribe to the channel. Uh, gents, um, Mike, as you mentioned, you your best bet won last week, so we shall let you go first. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me for my best bet on the on the on the football. <laughs> That's coming. <common. laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm sticking with the Titans here. Okay, remember okay. the Titans. Um, they they're, they're giving three to Denver at home. Um, Denver is coming off a bye, which worries me a little because they'll have had time to prepare um, for Tennessee's simple offense. Keep it keep it simple, but I but I think um, I think uh, the Titans can cover can cover this one. the The thirty eight five actually <laughs> seems to me reasonable <laughs> in this in this game, and if it does go under thirty eight five, then the Titans I think win for sure. Okay, John Buff. Yeah, my uh, my best my streak is over unfortunately, Kieran. I lost my my best bet last weekend. Which let me just check. What was that again? I had the Bills on the handicap to beat the Jets. Come on, who saw who saw that coming? Who saw what the Jets did to the Bills coming? Certainly not me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, unlike 
unlike Robert Salah, Kieran doesn't keep receipts. <laughs> yeah. oh, I do keep receipts. I think if I'm, we announced <laughs> yeah. at the end of every... Anyway, I, so, unfortunately, that, that snapped my uh, my four-game winning streak on the best bets, unfortunately. So oh, I'm going to no, try and get no. back into the... I'm going to try and get back in the win column this week. And the, the one that I have selected is... I'm not going to labor too much because we just spent a few minutes talking about it, but it is the Chargers and 49ers game. I think that the uh, I'm going to take 49ers minus seven in this particular one. I think that they uh, coming off the bye week, they just seem to me like to be a team that's kind of on the ascent. I think they've got a decent enough platform at the moment, and I think they're going to have a stronger second part of the season than they will have the first. And I think that's going to show uh, at home to the Chargers this weekend. Okay, uh, finally, I will wrap it up. Uh, pretty swift one for me. Miami Dolphins at home, minus three and a half. Uh, Cleveland head there. Um, I'm, I think that Cleveland, sorry, John. Kieran. But uh, the Dolphins are playing well in terms Cleveland of. Cleveland off a bye week with J- Jacoby Brissett, reset revenge game. <laughs> what I warned you about. Yeah. <laughs> talk me out of it with these, these words that you're saying. Uh, Miami Dolphins <laughs> should win it and they should cover three and a half points. I, I'm kind of with John on this one. <laughs> what? You think they won't cover? What? I, I wouldn't ride Cleveland off right, yeah, right now. Cleveland, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I'm not super confident or anything like that. This isn't like well, a lot. You know, I think this is the type of game that this weird Browns team can win. So No, you know. no. Uh, me and all the other younger people uh, had a meeting, Mike, and, uh, you know, eat shit. So, yeah, it's uh, the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. And that's it. Wait, uh, what, brought, what brought that on? <laughs> Some casual ageism from Kieran. So. <laughs> casual ageism, that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we'll be back next week with our mid-season review the following week we will have two shows which is Thanksgiving and then our Sunday preview uh, as a reminder again football only better the uh, World Cup preview show is out next week and then they're going to be previewing all the games as come and boy do they come thick and fast there's like four games a day for multiple days over the World Cup with 10am starts to some of the matches so um, you know if you're working from home like me <laughs> it's going to be great <laughs> <laughs> Racing Only Better is out on Friday. Of course, National Hunt Season is out on Thursday, excuse me, with the National Hunt Season. And all shows are available on YouTube as well, wherever you get your podcast. So do subscribe on your YouTube or Spotify or Apple or any of the other ones that I don't really know a lot about. CastBox, that's a big one. Hey, CastBox, we love you. Um, a reminder, do please gamble responsibly as well. My thanks to John Balfe for joining me. My thanks to Mike Carlson. We'll be back next week for that famous mid-season review right on the dot of the mid-season. Eventually. Don't ask anyone. <laughs> Don't consult your calendars. Don't count up the games. It's the perfect time to do it. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>